0: this is radio influence this is beyond the badge on radio influence a look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now one of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts vincent hill Hey, good evening, and welcome to Beyond the Badge. Of course, I'm your host, Vincent Hill, coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. What you just heard was some sound from this past Sunday up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, A city that I know pretty well, I graduated high school there. I spent a few years there, my junior and senior year. There was a shooting there this past Sunday, uh, police-involved shooting. And, of course, everyone is automatically saying it's racial, it's unjustified, the whole propaganda that we always hear. And you heard uh, in that clip, you heard someone say, hey, I'm going to get my pistol. If anybody touches me, it's going to be trouble or whatever He said, The crowd there after the shooting was very, very large. Police were outnumbered by a bunch, and it was a pretty chaotic scene up in Milwaukee. I'm going to talk about that shooting and talk about what sparked it. I'm going to talk about the person that was shot. I believe he's on life support up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I'm going to dive deep into this case and break it down as only we do here on Beyond the Badge. First, I want to congratulate the Golden State Warriors for being the NBA 2017 NBA Champions. Game five, they pulled it off against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I don't like to talk sports on this show. I don't like to talk who I support. But I will say I'm a huge Golden State Warriors uh, fan. And to see Kevin Durant finally, finally get his ring it was a great thing to see. It was very emotional for him, his mother, for the entire team, and of course, the city of Oakland. It was a great series. It was a great game. Hey, hats off to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they played played their butts off, especially last night, but the better team won last night, Golden State Warriors, 2017 NBA champions. Earlier today, I I, uh, I taped an episode of Crime Watch Daily. And it's about a a missing uh, 20-year-old, Athena Curry, who actually went missing Memorial Day weekend of 2011. Now, the story is, according to her child's father, Yusuf Majahid, that they had an argument around 3 in the morning. Uh, She had found some text messages in his phone with another female. She woke him up. They argued about these texts. And she supposedly left the house in a fit of rage with only her shorts and a T-shirt. And she hasn't been seen in the last six years. Now, what's interesting about this case is, of course, no one's ever tried to use her phone or her credit card since. But more importantly, at the time, her 16-month-old son was inside the home. And of course, family and friends say she would never, ever, ever leave her 16-month-old in the home especially for an extended amount of time. They were inseparable, uh, her and her son. And I talked about the case. It's a cold case, I guess you could say. Uh, Police haven't been able to charge the child's father, this Yusuf Majahid. He is currently incarcerated in Fulton County Jail on charges of assault and robbery of his current girlfriend. And uh, he beat her up pretty bad. I think the writing is on the wall. About what happened to Miss Athena Curry back in 2011. If you're in the Atlanta area, if you're listening to this show, if you know anything about this case, I urge you to call Atlanta police. You can remain anonymous, but the family deserves answers. They have not seen their sister. They have not seen their daughter, their niece in over six years. And someone knows exactly what happened to Athena Curry. Memorial Day weekend, 2011. I got a busy few weeks coming up. Uh, Like I said, I just taped that for Crime Watch Daily. Next Friday, I'm in the city of Chicago. I'm taping uh, for TV One, the show called For My Man. It's a crime show, and it basically talks about women who have committed crimes and killed in the name of love. And I'm talking about a a case that happened a few years ago uh, where... A couple had carjacked this young lady and she ended up dying. Of course, Uh, both were convicted uh, and charged with her murder. So I'm going to be talking about that case on TV one for my man. I don't know exactly when it will air, but of course, I'll keep you updated. I do know that Crime Watch Daily will air sometime in September. But as we get closer, I'll I'll give you the actual date of the air date. All right, let's take it out to Milwaukee. And again, this is a city. I know quite well, even when I graduated there way back in 1991, I know there were gangbangers, there were thugs, there were people that ran from the police. Policing, even back then in the city of Milwaukee, was a tough job. And I actually started my police career in the city of Milwaukee through their police aid program, which allows people that want to be police the opportunity to wear a uniform before the age of 21, learn the job, And see what it is to be a police officer to see if that's what you want to do. So I can tell you firsthand from experience that there's a lot of crime in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, We've seen it in the past. It's definitely not Richie Cunningham and the Fonz. There's a lot that goes on in the city of Milwaukee. So this past Sunday, uh, police attempted to pull over this vehicle for running a stop sign for whatever reason. Unknown at this point, but I'm going to give you my opinion. Unknown at this point, the driver doesn't stop. Uh, He flees. And as you can hear from the commotion, apparently he got shot by police. Now, there is cell phone video of the actual shooting. Of course, you don't see the bullets hit uh, this 19-year-old Terry Williams who was shot. He's on life support. But you do kind of see what happens. So in the video, you can see that he's running from police. He's fleeing from police in his vehicle. He drives his vehicle onto the median. And at some point, he swerves really hard to the left. And then in the camera view, you can see a deputy jumping out of the way right before the shots were fired. So in my viewpoint watching this video, it appears that he attempted to run over This officer, in an effort to escape, and the officer, fearing for his life, pulled the trigger. Now, there's two ways you can go with this. Either this officer feared for his life or he feared for the life of the public. Remember the whole fleeing suspect and what goes into that if the suspect continues and there's a threat to the public and he was in a vehicle moving at a high rate of speed refusing to obey commands to stop. He's in a crowded area. It was up by uh, North Springs Lake, the river area, which uh, gets pretty crowded, especially on a warm day like it was Sunday in Milwaukee. So the officer fires and you can see, you can hear immediately the crowd circles around. You hear one guy saying he's going to go get his pistol and shoot police. And, you know, you hear the crowd, you didn't have to shoot him. You didn't have to shoot him. Apparently, the front seat passenger, a female, was hit as well. There was a back seat passenger that was not hit. Uh, they were uh, extracted from the vehicle. And in the cell phone video, the driver who was hit remained in the vehicle. Now, of course, keeping in transparency, Milwaukee County Sheriffs have already identified the officer as a 32 year old. Sheriff's Deputy Michael Trucks, T-R-U-A-X, Trucks. I assume I'm saying that correctly. Um, So they've already identified the officer. Everyone's already saying this is racial. Uh, But let's look at a backstory. Let's go back to the day before where a man came in contact with this Terry Williams. Just one day before this shooting. And there was some kind of altercation about how the man's vehicle looked and the man ignored him. So I guess this Terry Williams felt like he got punked by this guy and Terry Williams decides to pull out a long rifle and show it to this guy. And the guy's like, hey, you don't want to do that. I got a pistol too. So the guy tries to leave. Terry Williams gets in his vehicle, the same truck that he ran from police in and Follows this guy and fires off a few shots trying to shoot this guy. Now, let's fast forward to Sunday. Is it not logical to think that and by the way, by the way, several sources, I assume official sources, as in the police, have confirmed that 19 year old Terry Williams, the one that was shot by police on Sunday, was the suspect in the shooting on Sunday. Saturday. So now let's fast forward to Sunday. Terry Williams runs through a stop sign. Police attempt to initiate a normal traffic stop, which you know by now, by listening to the show, there is no such thing as normal. And nothing more proves that than what happened. Terry Williams decides he does not want to stop. He eludes police. He flees police in his vehicle. And he's eventually shot. So let's just think this through. Sunday, Saturday, he's involved in a shooting. Officials named him as a suspect in said shooting. Is it not logical that Terry Williams knew that he was said listed suspect and did not want to go to jail? Is it even more logical that 19 year old Terry Williams, considering he was a suspect in a shooting 24 hours before, had a gun or guns inside his vehicle, which he knew he would go to jail for? Hmm. So when you add all of this up and when you hear the crowd saying, oh, you didn't have to shoot him, it's wrong. You don't really know what's going on just based on 20 seconds of this guy running on the curb, the median. You hear the shots from the officer. The vehicle comes to a stop. And now everyone has this figured out that it was unjustified. It was racial. And Terry Williams was just an innocent victim. Once again, an innocent black man shot by white police officers. For doing nothing. And just as an FYI, guess what police recovered from the vehicle? A loaded nine millimeter handgun. So again, I say, is it not logical that the suspect from a shooting on Saturday knew he had the gun in the car on Sunday, knew that based on The mugshot that I'm looking at, and I'm not bringing his criminal history into this, but based on the mugshot that I'm looking at, maybe he also knew that, hey, I should not have said loaded nine millimeter in my car and I'm going to flee from police. Or maybe, and you can't see it in the video, how do we know that he did not point this gun at the police officer? You can't see it in the video, but it's not To say it didn't happen. Did he not shoot at someone just 24 hours before? Have people not shot police before? Certainly they have. Have people shot at police in Milwaukee? Certainly they have. They've been doing that since 1991 in Milwaukee. Trust me, I know. So you have this gun. You have this shooting suspect. You have an officer that fired at said shooting suspect and automatically people are just saying it's racial because the officer happened to be white. Now, would this be such a big deal if the officer was black? Or more importantly, would it be a big deal if Terry Williams ran that officer over or if he shot that officer? Would the crowds have gathered then? Would there be marches and protests at the lakefront in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, if the officer was hurt or if officers were hurt or if Terry Williams continued to flee and he ran over a little kid that was at the lakefront? Would there be protests there? Now, remember. Protection of the public, the lakefront. In Milwaukee is a very busy, busy area, especially when it gets warm out. I know. I used to go there. There's kids out. There's families out. Everybody's out. So you got this vehicle traveling at a high rate of speed, eluding police, creating a danger to the public. But none of that is a big deal. The only big deal is that, according to everyone that was there, and everyone you hear in the video, Terry Williams didn't deserve to be shot. That's the only thing that matters. Terry Williams didn't deserve to be shot. No one is seeing the bigger picture. No one at that exact moment knew that Terry Williams was a suspect in a shooting the day before. No one at that exact moment knew that there was a loaded handgun inside that vehicle. No one that at at that exact second knew whether Terry Williams intentionally wanted to run over this police officer. The only thing they knew was black man, white police officer, racial. Eight seconds. Eight seconds is what I just played. Now you tell me logically, rationally, reasonably, how can you say something was unjustified or racially motivated in eight seconds? Eight seconds of this person's cell phone video, which only captures Williams vehicle coming into their line of sight, going onto the median, swerving left. You see the officer get out of the way and... Start to fire. Eight seconds. Eight seconds is chump change. It's just like that. But it goes back to what I always say. Split second decision making when officers are out in the field, when they have to protect their lives, when they have to protect the lives of others. But in eight seconds, you cannot sit here and tell me that something was racially motivated, that it was unjustified. It's impossible. Now, one of the things uh, Sheriff Clark said, the uh, Milwaukee County Sheriff, uh, he said that, you know, it's unrealistic for people to get answers in 24 hours. And he's right. This is going to be a very long, painstaking investigation. It's not going to happen overnight. So anybody that expects that is just ridiculous. There's going to be a lot of witnesses that police want to talk to. There's going to be dash cam video that they want to look at. There may be possible body cam video that they want to look at. I'm sure they want to see if there's other cell phone video out there, which captured the shooting from a different angle. And it could very well be right because the officer was standing on the left side, the driver's side of the vehicle. The person that was shooting the video got it from the right side of the vehicle. So, again, you can't see what happened, what what went on in that vehicle. But what you can clearly see in the video is the fact that Terry Williams was eluding police. And that's what this case is going to boil down to when they start the investigation When and if this goes to court, if they charge this officer, what led to the point of escalation, the point of deadly force? And again, from my vantage point, Terry Williams did swerve the vehicle quite hard to the left. I don't think it was to avoid me personally was to avoid hitting the van that was to his right. I think it was to go after the officer to run over the officer and if that is shown and then that is proven in a court of law, then you're going to see the officer being found justified in his actions because you have that split second. You have what a reasonable officer would consider a threat against his life. Remember the imminent threat of serious bodily injury or death. And maybe just maybe that officer thought He was at that point. You have a 4,000-pound SUV coming at you, and you're a 200-pound guy. I think the 4,000 pounds outweighs will win any day versus a 200-pound individual. So this case is not going to come down to race. It's not going to come down to what the public wants. What it's going to come down to is the law Of the land. Was the officer justified in his actions in using deadly force? Again, you have a gun in the car. We don't know if the gun was pointed at the police officer. It's surely not unrealistic to think that, considering Terry Williams just 24 hours before had shot at another vehicle. It's not unrealistic to think that, considering Terry Williams was fleeing from police. It's not unrealistic to think that, because when people have guns and they're bad guys, they shoot those guns at innocent people. It's not unrealistic to think that he could have pointed the gun at the officer simply because people shoot police. People don't like police. You even heard at the start of this show someone in the crowd saying, F that, I'm gonna go get my pistol. Let's get these fools. He's talking about going to get his pistol. To shoot police. So it's really not unrealistic to think that Terry Williams was not armed with that pistol inside that vehicle and pointed at that officer. All I can tell you is it's way too early to just say this is an open and shut case like the public wants. Nothing in policing is open and shut the minute you use deadly force. Hell, the minute you use any type of force, especially in this day and age, nothing is open and shut. You have to look at the totality of the evidence. And the totality of the evidence is what is going to determine the outcome of this case. And since way back in 1936, police in the city of Milwaukee have been getting shot and killed. Since 1936. Now, keep in mind, this is way before Black Lives Matter and way before. All of these riots and protests and social media that we see today. 1936, police in Milwaukee have been getting shot and killed. So, again, it's not unreasonable for that officer, Officer Truax, to believe that he was in imminent danger. It's not unreasonable to think that Terry Williams did not point his gun at this officer. There's a loaded gun inside a vehicle that was. Last seen shooting at someone else. You have an individual who has a history of shooting guns at people. It's not unreasonable to think that he did not do that on Sunday. And let's not forget, it was Terry Williams' actions on Sunday that ultimately led to his shooting. You stop the vehicle at a traffic stop. Police may or may not find the gun, right? If you have your license, your registration, you comply with the officer, it may turn out to be a normal traffic stop. But when you flee the officer and you flee into a crowd of people where you can hit someone and you turn your vehicle in a way that appears threatening to the officer, the outcome was based on Terry Williams actions alone. All right. I'm just about out of time. I appreciate you listening tonight. Again, Crime Watch Daily, Athena Curry, 20-year-old mother missing since May 27th, 2011. Again, if you're in the Atlanta area, if you have any information, I urge you to call 404-546-2511. You can remain anonymous, but this family deserves answers. Her seven-year-old son deserves answers. He has no memory of his mother. He was 16 months old when she disappeared. Again, her child's father, Yusuf Majahid, claims that at three in the morning, she stormed out of the house with just shorts and a T-shirt on because she was mad about text messages uh, that he was receiving from another female. There was a history of domestic violence in that relationship. He had choked her out. A few times he actually stunned her with a taser while she was in the hospital after giving birth to their son because he was texting another female at the time and she found out about it. So all the signs of an abusive relationship were there just before she went missing. Again, if you know anything, 404-546-2511. Okay, it's time for 10-7 before I end this show. I want to talk about corrections officer Shana Tedder, and she died June 9th, 2017 from a heart attack. She actually got into a uh, scuffle with one of the inmates, and after the scuffle, she had shortness of breath. Uh, she went into another area, collapsed to the floor after several attempts to revive her through CPR Uh, She passed away there in the line of duty. Now, corrections officers don't get a lot of recognition, but they are indeed law enforcement officials. They are the ones that do and excuse the expression, the shit job of actually being in charge of inmates like the police on the street, put them in jail, the corrections officers actually are responsible for housing, taking care of them, putting up with their crap. And just based on a simple, what you would think, a simple struggle with one of the inmates led to this corrections officer's uh, death. Again, Shauna Tetter of the uh, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, end of watch, Friday, June 9th, 2017. She had served with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for 12 years. My prayers to her family, my prayers to her. Godspeed to you, my friend. Thank you for your service. Thank you, my loyal listeners, for listening to me, Vincent Hill, on Beyond the Badge, right here on RadioInfluence.com, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television. Follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist, so thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.